You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Monday. Yes, Summer League is upon us. The Pelicans have a game tonight, but we're going to look at what went on during Summer League in a very eventful first game for Zion Williamson and also his last game. I'll give you the latest on his injury how and break down how he looked in that one Summer League game, as well as what we've seen from some of the rest of the guys. It was an exciting time on Friday to the point where the earth literally shook. Then we also have the Anthony Davis trade official, a couple of other moves for the Pelicans becoming official as well. We'll talk about that first. And then finally, some news on the coaching staff that you might have missed and all of the hubbub going on around everything with the Kawhi Leonard decision. So we'll talk about who's out, who might be coming in in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So everything is official, finally. It took a little bit longer on some of it than we would have liked to have seen. But yes, Anthony Davis is a Laker. Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram are all officially Pelicans. We're all happy about that. And that meant that the next couple of deals could all become official. Yes, the Pelicans have now signed... Jackson Hayes and Nikhail Alexander-Walker, and they've got Didi Silva, who will be a draft and stash and play in Australia next season, so he won't count against the Pelicans' roster limit, but will play with them in Summer League, are all officially drafted by the other teams now, but members of the Pelicans' organization. Because that's how this goes. This whole stuff is kind of very, very silly thing. And they have officially acquired Derek Favors from the Utah Jazz. It is pretty hilarious to me that when they announced the first deal, the Anthony Davis trade, the three-team trade with the Lakers and Wizards, that you had to mention that the uh, that uh, DeAndre Hunter, who was drafted fourth by the Lakers, is a member of the Pelicans for this, only to then later be traded in the next uh, PR email that came out. But that's how things go, and this is where you know we've jumped the shark in transactions and all of that here in the NBA. But it's done. It's official, and that's good news. The Pelicans had a couple of other transactions as well that became official, and that was also the one with the Warriors, which was actually done on draft night. And then also the one uh, they renounced the rights to Trevon Blewett, and to uh, Darius Bertans. Basically, Bertans is unex- it's unexpected. He was going to get waived, um, which is what happened there. In terms of Blewett, who's looked good in Summer League so far, and we'll talk about him in the next segment a little bit, we don't know what's going to happen with him just yet. He was on a two-way contract last year. I don't know what type of cap hold that has, and that might have something to do with um, how they 
needed to um, renounce his rights. So I think that's kind of what happened here with that. But basically, they've got one two-way deal right now. Now they do not have a second two-way deal. Maybe they're looking at one of the guys on the summer league roster, including a surprising last-minute addition who ended up starting on Friday night, which for locals is a pretty big deal. So AD is officially a Laker. Yes, the other guys here are officially Pelicans now. You'll likely see Jackson Hayes and Nikhail Alexander-Walker along with Didi Silva in the game tonight. They signed their contracts yesterday. It took an extra day to process that, partially because maybe the Lakers needed to delay things till the end of the day for the Anthony Davis trade because they needed to make a scramble full of moves after Kawhi Leonard decided to go to the Los Angeles Clippers, if you haven't heard that, along with Paul George in a very surprising trade. And you know what? It's no big deal. The Pelicans right now aren't really playing anyone of importance in summer league, realizing that, yeah, these guys belong. And again, we'll talk about that coming up. So it sucks to have missed them for one or two games, but it's really not that big of a deal. They can now practice with the team. They had an off day on Sunday. They're going to go through probably some more film and walkthroughs on Monday before the game Monday night. And cool. They're here. They're practicing. You can now have kind of Ingram Ball and um, Hart officially with the team as well in those meetings, all of those things. No more tampering going on. Basically, the Pelicans offseason is done. The only thing I think we're officially waiting on right now is the J.J. Redick signing, which I haven't gotten the PR email at the time I'm recording this, but it's likely going to go through after kind of all of these other things process and so on and so forth. So no big deal. We know what's happening. We know they're done. The Pelicans are in a pretty good spot. Quickly, interesting thing, of course, happened with Kawhi Leonard choosing the uh, the Los Angeles Clippers over the Lakers, which is a big win because of where the Lakers drafts go for the next decade, pretty much here in New Orleans. But it does create kind of another super team with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George teaming up with now Montrez Harrell, uh, Landry Shamet, and I'm blanking on Patrick Beverly, which is a hell of an intriguing lineup to at least start games with potentially. And they are going to be very, very fun to watch next year. The West is stacked. Yes, the Lakers, even with the flurry of moves they did, by the way, bringing in DeMarcus Cousins and Rajon Rondo. So now you have the Pelicans team from two years ago you have two-thirds of the starting lineup there, and you've added LeBron to it. That team did, without Cousins, sweep the Portland Trailblazers in the first round, added other guys like Quinn Cook and a few other things as well. It's an intriguing team. They're going to be pretty fun to watch. They might be a dumpster fire at times, but you know what? There's a lot of offensive power there, and Davis and Cousins worked well together. Now, you add in a playmaker like Rondo, who's not good with Cousins on the court, but you've got uh, LeBron James there. You've got some shooting around him a little bit more now. You've got Jared Dudley in there, Danny Green signed. You've got Quinn Cook. That's some three-point shots that can fall. They're going to be fun. Look, LeBron and AD, as much as you guys hate to hear this, are going to be fun to watch. If Cousins can come back and be who he was, that's pretty fun to watch too. It just is. Um, The Western Conference is stacked. It's going to be tremendous to see next year. The Pelicans are going to be in a fight, but they should hopefully be in the thick of all of it. Clippers going to be pretty intriguing too. Basically, no one got worse in the Western Conference, which is a little rough to see. But this is a long-term outlook for New Orleans. And that's the big thing. And I think you kind of saw that with the start of Summer League, the approach that they're taking. So coming up in a moment, let's break down Zion's first game and then talk about the other guys who also did well. But we're going to heavily focus on Zion Williamson during this next segment. 
So before Summer League, thanks for tuning in to this edition of Locked On Pelicans. If you're a new listener getting on with the bandwagon here, welcome aboard. Happy to have you. It is a lot of fun to be a Pelicans fan right now, and no better time than now to really get involved with this team. So thank you for tuning in. And if you've been with me for any period of time before this, appreciate you sticking through some pretty rough Pelican seasons. But now we're in the clear. Summer League has started. It is officially, because the PR emails went out, a new era so it's a lot of fun to be involved with everything best way to keep up to date is subscribing to locked on pelicans wherever you get your podcast from and please leave a five-star review we're here monday through friday with y'all bringing you everything you want to know about this team keeping you up to date giving you the best analysis anywhere so again subscribe to locked on pelicans wherever you get your podcast from So Friday night in primetime was the start of the Zion era for New Orleans officially as they took on the New York Knicks in a summer league game pitting Zion against his former Duke teammate RJ Barrett, the third overall pick. There was a lot of hype going into this one. You could hear it through the TV, too. There were people chanting, cheering. It sounds like people got there seven, eight hours in advance just to watch Zion Williamson play in a summer league exhibition game that ultimately doesn't matter, that you really can't read too much into if a guy's good or not. So all of that said, I was hyped. I'm sure you were hyped too for it all. It was pretty cool to see Zion in the layup line throwing down dunks off the backboard doing windmills and all of that. It was really cool. But unfortunately, he ended up banging his knee with another guy on the New York Knicks and they decided to hold him out. He only played 9 minutes, 10 seconds, did score 11 points during that time, grabbed 3 rebounds. And you got a pretty good idea of what to expect from him this coming year. Like his flaws were on full display and how good he can be was also on full display. Of those uh, full, he was 4 for 9 from the field. All 4 of those were dunks and then he also made um, three of six free throws from the line, so 50% there. So of those dunks, the first one was pretty great. We can almost go through these one-on-one if we really need to. The first one was a pick-and-roll miss dunk where they tried to just get him the lob early on, and the Pelicans threw him into the pick-and-roll early and wanted to use him there as a screener and roll man, something that Duke didn't do a ton of, which when you watch this game looks absolutely criminal. Anyway, so his first score of the night was he gets down low, seals off Kevin Knox, really good, using his body and his big butt to kind of create some room there and be able to get an entry pass. Entry passes have been a problem for the Pelicans in past seasons, but when you have a guy that's this good at sealing his man off, you can throw a half-assed entry pass in there and you're going to get it to him. It's that easy. Once he got that, just use a simple kind of spin move to shake off Kevin Knox, get the easy dunk. Really good to see. Very easy score for him. He's going to be good at this. Down low, this dude doesn't need a ton of space. And that was very evident on the next dunk that he had, which was off of a pick and roll situation. Set the screen, rolled to the basket, but got the ball really early on. And then you see that hop step of his, which I highlighted and talked about in my scouting breakdown of him that I think I have pinned on my Twitter if you want to hear that again, where he just got the ball took one dribble, a huge hop step, got right below the basket, and was just in position to dunk it. He literally 
like looked like he glid over the bottom of the basketball court right there, or of just the court, not the bottom of it, where he was only a couple of inches off the ground. It wasn't a huge jump, but he's just got such unbelievable movement, keeps that ball really low, so a big man traveling that far isn't going to get it swatted out of his hands because no one can really reach it. It's in a pretty safe and secure space, and his agility just means he's not off balance when he gets down low. Went up for a dunk. Easy two points. And then the third one that everyone knows about, this is where off of a missed shot by the Pelicans, he went uh, and grabbed the ball out of Kevin Knox's hand and just ripped it out of there and just went back up for a dunk when Kevin Knox was kind of caught unaware. This highlights kind of one of the things we've seen from him defensively, which is this dude just has unbelievable instincts. Just something you can't teach and coach. This dude has a nose for the damn ball and goes and gets it and times it perfectly. If he's a little too early, a little too late on that attempted steal from Kevin Knox, it's a foul probably. But it wasn't. He just did it at the exact right time that he needed to rip the ball out, perfectly showing his strength, and just went up for the dunk. And then he got the putback dunk really right before halftime on that base, not a putback, but on a baseline where he just cut down low along the baseline, got the pass, and went up for a dunk. And when he starts moving, there's not a whole lot you can do. And that's how he scored all of his points from the field. Three of six from the line. His rebounding's fine. What is going to be an issue is those five missed shots that he had. And they were all from the field as jumpers. Three three-point attempts. Sorry, two three-point attempts and three jumpers. Including like a mid-range jumper, 16 feet, that he airballed. He had a three blocked. His jump shot needs some work. He holds it in a very awkward spot, and the mechanics of it need to be refined significantly. And this is going to maybe be a problem for him in the NBA, and this is probably one of the reasons why the Pelicans have really been trying to kind of pour some cold water on the expectations for him. He's going to get left wide open on the perimeter and dared to shoot that three, and we saw he's not scared to shoot it. He's going to miss a lot. Because that jump shot just isn't there. And it's also very easy to close out on him with how slow it takes to develop and that he just doesn't get his strength under it, it looks like. The ball comes out flat. There is almost no arc whatsoever on his jumper. And he's got to get that worked out if he's going to become a truly elite scorer in the NBA. He just turned 19, so there's plenty of time to do that. Not saying we really need to be concerned about this, but you can see where his weaknesses are. And that's kind of what you saw from Zion Williamson on the opening game. He looked really good. Don't get me wrong. He looked really good, but you can see where he's going to struggle. The other guy that looked really good up until we had an actual earthquake that caused the game to be canceled and also good on summer league in the NBA for canceling that was Frank Jackson. This is the guy who was coming in to be the leader of the summer league team. The Pelicans really wanted to see him kind of dominate this and oh boy, did he in 31 minutes uh, 40 seconds of action. He was 11 of 17 from the field, 64.7%, 30 points on the night. Did have three turnovers, it's okay. Grabbed three rebounds and was five of nine from deep. You want to stay on this team and have a big role? Well, then it's going to be shoot the three ball well. And when you go five of nine, 55.6%, and also get to the line a decent bit, three, which was the second highest on the team behind Zion Williamson for guard, not too bad in some summer league action. This is really good to see. Dominating summer league doesn't mean you're good. It just means you belong in the NBA. He's going against guys that are much younger than him. He's a third-year player, really a second-year player. He should be doing this. 
And that's good to be doing what you should do. Let's be honest here. If they struggle in this situation, that's where you're kind of concerned. And he didn't. He went out and dominated. You could see he was active. He was talking to his teammates. Overall, exactly what you want to see from him. He They didn't play in the second game for Summer League, and it's fine. It doesn't seem like the team really needed to see any more from him. They saw what they needed to. They feel good. The fact that he's not playing in the second game, kind of a nice thing to see. So overall, very good performance from those two guys in the first game of Summer League, and you've got to feel pretty good. So we're going to hit a reset here, and then we'll talk about some of the other guys in Summer League, what we've seen, and also I'll give you an update on what's going on with the coaching staff here, some moves happening on the Pelicans bench. So again, before we get to all of that, don't forget, subscribe to the Locked On Pelicans podcast. We're here Monday through Friday, though we'll slow it down in the summer a little bit, probably a little bit sooner rather than later, but we're going to still be here at least once or twice a week talking about everything going on with this team. And then during the season, of course, Monday through Friday, five days a week, we're going to be breaking down what is going to be a very fun Pelican season for all of you. Should have a good guest coming on later in the week as well. um, First time with me, and I'm excited for that. Um, So hopefully we'll be able to make that happen. So again, make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Pelicans podcast and please leave a five-star review. So some other notes from Summer League. And again, if you look great in Summer League, it doesn't necessarily mean much because sometimes Summer League is just really filled with guys who aren't going to be in the NBA next year, though the Knicks had like their entire starting lineup from last year out in the first game. But you get what I'm trying to say, I think. So in the first game, Kenrich Williams looked pretty good. Solid production across the board, just kind of doing what he does, which is kind of whatever role it needs to be with the team. Five points on the night, six assists, nine rebounds, two steals, kept the ball moving scored enough to make it so that you can play him. You'd like to see him dominate a little bit more. He was 0 for 4 from deep, 2 of 9 from the field overall. That's not great, but he can make up for it in other areas. I don't know if you really want him starting like he was last year, but definitely can be a solid role player that comes in for a couple of minutes when need be, and I think that's a very good position for him right now. The other guy that everyone really wants to see and talk about is going to be Cavell Bigby Williams, who is a center out of LSU, who was a surprise late addition to this Pelicans Summer League roster, wasn't listed on the official press release they sent out, likely because the deal for Jackson Hayes didn't get done and he probably would have been starting in Summer League for this team. He showed some surprising touch early on in the first game. 12 points from him, 5 of 6 from the field to go along with 10 rebounds. Doesn't really have much of a jump shot, but he's got more of a post offense than I was expecting to see from him. You know, now that the Pelicans have another two-way slot available, you've got to wonder if maybe he's the guy who could get that, though I think the Pelicans would like to give that to a guard, uh, but we will see. Uh, Zylan Cheatham is the other guy on a two-way deal right now. We'll talk about him in a second. I don't know if you want to go with a power forward and a center as your two two two-way guys when you kind of have a lot in the front court right now kind of but maybe you do so we'll see or would you rather give it to someone who can give you some high-end shooting which I think is maybe a way that this team would like to go in the second game again Bigby Williams did the exact same thing five nine he put up 14 points 14 rebounds and another start did that in 23 and a half minutes it's got a good scoring touch behind the basket but you know he's a rim running big who does a little bit of rim protection. You have a couple of those on the roster already in Derek Favors and Jackson Hayes. 
and neither of them have jump shot alongside Bigby Williams. I don't know if that's really going to get him on the roster, but maybe, maybe is worth a two-way deal. Some of the other standouts you had, Aubrey Dawkins, um, coming into the team, have some nice somewhat bench production. He looked okay defensively. I don't know what to really take away from that in summer league, but his offense and being able to try and create it for his own, really a big struggle. Three of 11 from the field, two of seven from deep in the first game, three of nine in the second game, one of four from deep in the second game as well. That's probably not going to get it done, but you know what? It's probably worth throwing him on the um, G League roster next season. So a few more names to mention from Summer League, and of course that is Trevon Blewett, who we talked about earlier in the show, how they rescinded the offer, renounced his rights, whatever they're doing with him. It's a little confusing. He had a very quiet first game against the New York Knicks where he finished with just four points on the night, two of nine shooting, including going 0 for 4 from deep, but really woke up in the game against the Washington Wizards. He was 8 of 19 from the field, 6 of 14 from deep. That might sound bad, but it's 42.9%. Chipped in four rebounds, four assists, a steal, and two blocks, by the way. He finished with 23 points on the night. Probably worth trying to keep him around and see how he plays in Summer League a little bit more. I think you're going to see him get significant minutes going forward. Zylan Chatham, of course, or Cheatham, sorry, is uh, the two-way guy who has not done a good job scoring 10 points in the uh, second game, mainly from getting to the line six of eight times. Um, and then going for six points in the first game, two of two from the line, two of six from the field. Dude's got some damn energy, though. He flies around and is giving you all sorts of effort, which you really like to see. He's raw. We know this. This is why he's on a two-way deal. But someone who kind of has that motor certainly seems like he could be a coachable guy. So I'm excited to see maybe what they'll be doing with him and how they'll kind of develop him going forward. Though we've seen some Sometimes guys on these two-way deals can really get kind of turned around really quickly. Another name I do want to mention, but not because he's played, and that's Christian Wood. Star of the Pelicans' final 8-10 games of the regular season. He's not played in either summer league game because according, I think it was Nathan Brown of The Advocate who said this, that they are working on something with his contract, so that is why he's not playing currently. We have no idea what that means. So something's going on with his contract. So that's the summer league roster quickly, and maybe we'll dive in more tomorrow about all of this because we've gone kind of long in the show today. According to um, Scott Kushner of the New Orleans Advocate, it sounds like Darren Ehrman is out from the Pelicans bench. He's going to be exploring other jobs, so it doesn't sound like he has something lined up. I kind of read that into that, that he's kind of forced out and it wasn't his choice because usually you leave if you have another job lined up, not if you don't. But who knows? We don't want to jump to conclusions here. Um, and they have a couple of names maybe that you could be looking to replace him. We'll talk about those more tomorrow, but wanted to give you kind of that big news. And then finally, David Griffin was on the jump yesterday talking with Rachel Nichols, Paul Pierce, and Vince Carter. And it was a pretty cool segment because he was basically right there trying to recruit Vince Carter to come be that culture-bearing veteran for this New Orleans franchise. I know you're excited. It makes a lot of sense. But I'm going to tell you, 
probably not going to happen because of what he said to Vince Carter, which was usually when you recruit those culture guys to come to the team, you want to give them a lot of minutes and they want a lot of minutes. And he goes, looking at our roster, Vince, I can't guarantee you all of that. So as much as I'd love to have you, I don't know if this is the best situation for you. So I don't know if we should be expecting Vince Carter in a Pelicans uniform next season. Personally, I think it'd be just very cool if he was on the Raptors for his final year, went out on kind of a a victory tour, retirement tour with that. But that's me just being a little bit selfish to see. I think that's kind of a cool bookend and poetic in a way for the end of his career. But he'd make a lot of sense here in New Orleans. But the backcourt's kind of full right now. And he can play that false small forward spot, really just being a shooter. But I don't know if that's the best role for him because defensively there's going to be some issues there now. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review. And as always, I'm your host, Pelicans Insider Credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And we'll be back with you all tomorrow.